A city of justice A city of love A city of peace For every one of us We all need it Can't live without it A Gotham City Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by thebatmanuniverse.net. Check out the Batman Universe for this and many other great podcasts. I am Josh, and joining me is... I'm called Donovan. Men call him Donovan. Women call him often. Woo-hey. Yeah, And we are going to be looking at Gotham's episode Strike Force. Where uh, Michael Chiklis, you know, from Fantastic Four fame, Ben Grimm, comes and nothing yeah, else. Yeah, comes to Gotham, you know, because he heard about the last Fantastic Four reboot, and immediately fires <laughs> immediately fires a bunch of people, and you know, like is basically everything that Gordon wanted the cops to be in, like season one. He's like, you, you're doing corruption. Fired, 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 fired. As though they couldn't do that in the previous year. Gordon, I love you most of all. Let's make a strike team together. So that's just what they decide to do until the strike team is like, oh, by the way, our next mission is we're going to take down the Penguin. That's not a conflict of issue for you, Gordon, is it? Uh, no, of course not. Excuse me. For, <laughs> excuse I'm cool. Me. <laughs> excuse me for a minute. As he like goes to Penguin, and he's like, uh, just so you know, there's kind of... And Penguin's like, uh, I can't really talk right now. I'm kind of having my own, you know, subplot at the moment. And Penguin's subplot is, uh, Theo Gallahan, you know, comes to him and says, Hey, will you help me, you know, win this mayoral election? Penguin's like, No. Are you sure? No. I have some surprise for you. <laughs> the answer's no. All right, just turn on TV. Oh my god, you got my mother kidnapped! <laughs> yeah. So. Penguin does some favor. So now, instead of, you know, Jim doing favors for Penguin, Penguin's doing favors for Jim, now Penguin has to do favors for Theo. So Theo can do a favor for Penguin, a.k.a. not kill his mother. And now Butch is doing a favor for Penguin, which is, you know, making a vow that his mother would be found. <laughs> Gotham Underground! Which oh. actually was a limited series. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where spoiler came back. Meanwhile, you know, Doug Funny finally asks Patty Mayonnaise out. <laughs> I mean, uh, Edward Nigma finally asks Kristen Kringle out. And uh, boy, I'll talk more about this when we get to it. But let's just say Kristen Kringle makes very questionable decisions about like her relationships, which Stella was saying last season. Uh, Bruce goes back to school, and Selena Kyle, you know, like goes off decides to see him off on his first day but gets punched in the face by alfred and so he's like you stay away from him he no has a freaking lie he hasn't he has a new love interest this episode silver saint cloud ward slash niece of theo gallahan <laughs> and that is uh pretty much a summation of gotham's strike force now two quick things not about i don't think these are important but i will say i think that gordon went to see the penguin before thing said that they're going to take down the penguin I think that was the last scene of the episode, and I believe that... You may be Well, right. for once, it's, it's pronounced Gallivan, I think. But also, uh, what was the last thing you said about Silver St. Cloud? She's, she, she's Theo's ward slash niece. Did he say her? Okay, I'm, I'm, it's, it's been a few days. Oh, that's, that's, that's basically... Yeah, that's, that's basically this yeah we're not episode. recording this the night of, you know, this week. <laughs> we couldn't do that. But in any case, um, I do have a treat for you guys, though, for you listeners... For my fresh reactions to the podcast, here is the here's what I was texting Don on Skype as I was watching the show. Oh, let me bring this up too. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you could text me yours. Uh, let's see. So I texted Don starting Gotham. Robin Lord Taylor is in control. 
Apparently, Butch is bipolar. Penguin says as much. Butch denies it. And then I post, ah, ha, 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 the cops hate Gordon again. Which is referring to, like, you cut to GCBD and there's, like, a cop like, Gordon, I'm sick of you and your goody-two-shoes attitude. And then I type, enter Ben Grimm, typical drill sergeant. He enters the room and yells at the loud room to be quiet. And they all shut up and list them. He blasts them all for letting Essen and Co. die. Damn, he goes on a firing spree. LOL, maybe that's what happened to Montoya and Allen. And then I say, ha, ha, ha. Ben Grimm fires cop. Cot says, you can't do this. So Ben Grimm arrests him. <laughs> ben Grimm arrests I forgot about that. He's like, you are fired. You can't fire me. Okay, fine. You're under arrest. Jim is all like, you just fired a bunch of people. And before that, most of them were murdered. We are short-staffed. And then I said, oh, F Bullock. His character development is all gone. And then I say, Barbara remembers Penguin from two seconds they spent together last season. And then I put, the mayor races a subplot. This truly is Batman Returns. And now Theo unveiled plans for a building. If it's a power plant, I'm going to die. And then I said, OMG, OMG, this is Batman Returns. Theo is using <laughs> is Penguin. I'm dead. And I say, interesting. <laughs> I don't want to spoil this moment, but a character we haven't seen this season returns as a surprise hostage. Spoiler alert. It's uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's landlady, a.k.a. Uh, Gertrude Cobblepot. And I say, ah, the pre-title sequence is 14 minutes long. Gotham title came on 14 minutes in. WTF? Ben Grimm calls Lee just to say he's excited about all the dead bodies she's going to have. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and I put, ha, ha, everyone knows you're banging the M.E., says Ben Grimm. Take that, Bullock. And then I clarified that M.E. equals medical examiner. God, Alan and Montoya's absence is really felt. Grimm and Gordon are looking for a team of non-corrupt cops. They are searching hard. Alan and Montoya. Preferably not white. <laughs> Alan and We're Montoya, where are you? And then I said, Jesus, Max Shrek lays it on thick. The Penguin wears a, rock, a team rocket disguise. Totally. Yeah, when he murders the first candidate. 22 minutes in and we see Bruce. Daw. That was me responding to Selena. And then I... Then you say... <laughs> and then I put like a big F word. Alfred slaps Selena in the face. So hard it's almost a punch. Holy bleep. She cries. Damn. Blood. Bruce doesn't want the other rich kids to see that he has a butler. They probably all get picked up by butlers or nannies. Bulk is wasted this episode. Theo invites Alfred to dine with him and Bruce. Alfred insists they dine without him. Out of character for him. He's always shadowing Bruce. What? B.S. Mario Pepper forgotten. Which I'll talk more about that later. Right. What? Okay, wow. Silver is Theo's niece and his ward. But Theo also says the killer for the Waynes was never caught. As far as the general, general public knows, it was Pepper. Only Alan, Montoya, the Mafia, Gordon, and Alfred know it wasn't uh, Mario Pepper. Doug Funny and Patty's first date, a.k.a. Kringle <laughs> Enigma. Butch and Penguin have a tender moment. Ha ha, I was just thinking, where is Zaz? Why doesn't Penguin use him? Then Dad, then Zaz shows up that second. Enigma's apartment is way too big for someone of his status. <laughs> this is just like... His apartment is, is, is like Nicole, Nicole Kidman's Batman Forever apartment. His apartment is like, is like the, the smaller unit in Barbara Keene's apartment complex. <laughs> the Tom Welling loft. <laughs> wow. Nigma and Kringle get real. Whoops. Then Nigma gets too real. Oh my god. <laughs> this first date is hella awkward. Oh, Doug! Oswald has no time for any of Jim's shit. Jim came at the worst possible time. This episode has been uneven for me, but that Jim Oswald scene was gold. The end.
And then, uh, do you want to read what your thoughts, what your initial thoughts? No, I'll, 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 I'll respond to the points as we talk about them. Because it'll, it'll basically be like going over the plot three times. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's Miss Kringle. Miss <laughs> Kringle, again, how we hate her. What a B.I. This was called Strike Force because, you know, um, <laughs> Ben Grimm, once again, a.k.a. Michael Chiklis, he must form a team of uh, heroic people to battle the forces of... <laughs> a scientist, a, a young teenager, and, and a girl that he has a crush on, but his friend is engaged to. Yeah. Right, let's talk about Michael Chiklis, I guess. And, you know, I don't know, like, him calling Lee in the middle of the morning, like, I'm just so excited about all, all these corpses I'm going to be sending you. To which, like, Lee, to which, like Lee should be responding, um, sh- shouldn't, you know, we be arresting them instead? What, what do I look like, a cop? Yes. I find that like, they, they reveal that Leslie Tompkins wears like black lingerie to bed, which is just like another one of those horrible things that like when reconciling with the comic character. <laughs> I've seen more of Leslie Tompkins' sex life in Gotham than I ever have like in all the preceding decades. <laughs> Thankfully, um, I, I want to talk about like his his entrance because he comes in like there's there's like this bad signal behind him where like this is just shining light as though he came down from heaven, Vic Mackey from the Shield. And he says, "I'm your new captain, and this place is going to get cleaned up. Call your, when I call your name, you're fired." <laughs> so and so, so, so. Yeah. and like, I think that's kind of neat because you know the the police corruption angle, that can get a bit too masturbatory sometimes when it comes to Batman comics. But I and do we just question, got rid of Loeb anyway. I suppose. I mean, I, is there a way for is, does this work okay in this season? Because I guess Gordon was was not a captain. He was too far down the totem pole to actually pull kind of stuff like this. But but like it it, it felt very cartoonish. Where like you know you guys you're fired. Get out of here. Hey, you can't do that. You're right. I can't. You're arrested. Get out of here. Like it was it was you know Hanna Barbera presents Gotham. <laughs> where like all the all the all the fire cops are like doing the whole like you know circular run cycle. I <laughs> see they're chasing through the precinct. Um, and then Bullock is like, Jim, tell him he can't do that. He can't fire corrupt cops. And it's like, okay, so we're just going to stop him. We're just going to forget that, like, Bullock, like, you know, all the character development that he's had when he, like, was no longer a corrupt cop. Yeah, Penguin umbrella, Penguin's Umbrella never happened, apparently. Penguin's Umbrella, uh, the season premiere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the season of last. <laughs> I want to, like, I want to, like, quote Quagmire from that episode where he's telling off Brian, like, how's that fiancé of yours that you never see? Like, does she still exist? Okay, that, granted, this isn't a Bullock love life show, so, like... I mean, we don't need to see and have his fiance mentioned every episode. It's also the uh, fourth episode. I'm not, you know, I think yeah. episode seven or eight or nine or ten. Or yeah, we, we we don't need to know all the details of Bullock's of life. So let, let me retract that statement somewhat. But that being said, that being said, Bullock is wasted this episode. Uh, frankly, like Montoya and Allen before him. Yeah, like Montoya. Yeah, but at, at least he's still appearing. Like <laughs> Montoya and Allen are like still on. It's going to be like the end of Who Shot Mr. Burns Part One, where like in the middle of the season finale, where Theo Gallivan reveals his plan to block out the sun. He like <laughs> he drives away, and Allen and Montoya like <laughs> come up to like GCPD dressed in um <laughs> you know Hawaiian clothes. Hey, hey, we just got back, you know, from our like seasons long trip. <laughs> Did we miss we're, anything? We're, we're gonna start working in like as many Simpsons clips as we can. In the this oh, I, I, I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> I've been in Reno for six weeks. Did I miss anything? What the... Ugh. 
Yeah, you're editing this one, so you know, good oh, luck you're, finding you're, that. I, I got the DVD. <laughs> uh, did I ever give that DVD back to you? I must have. You, uh, you did. You saw my season, season two. That's cool. Um, uh, I was gonna make a point. Oh yeah, well, I want to talk about like like Gordon's reaction to Vic Mackey. Uh, I mean Ben Grimm. I mean Michael Chiklis. Where like he's like Gordon, come into my office. It says here you're a real troublemaker. You know, obeying the law and doing your job. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I want you to be a second command. We're, you know, I was in the army too, and we're gonna clean up Gotham City. And this is might be this might be very crash for me to say, but I'm gonna say it. Gordon basically acts like he's popping a gigantic boner. He's like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, he's really. I mean, it's the way it's the way that Mackenzie plays him, but he's really like like it's. I, I actually feel happy for the character that he can rely on a superior to really stop crime in Gotham City because he's been trying that the, the entire series. But it is kind of funny how like he he, he immediately it's like, like yeah let, let's do this let's do this right now and then like as he comes out Chucky Finster like you know is adjusting his glasses and tussling his red hair. Oh, I don't Gordon. know about this, Jim. This isn't a good idea. Oh, quit being a baby, Bullock. <laughs> so, I hope, I hope that there are 90s kids in the audience that know what we're talking about. But, um, I agree with you that, like, it's it, not, it is, take that. I agree with you that, like, it is relying on a trope that Bullock has outgrown in the past se- season. So, that kind of stank. Although, he, he didn't do it again after, in this show, did he? I don't think so. Um... I mean, it's just like that—that's all he's doing now. Like, he's not really the. When I saw the pilot, I had guessed that you know this was going to be a Gordon Bullock buddy cop show where like their ideologies would clash and like they would each try and pull the other one in another direction. But the show kind of became something else, and Bullock has just basically been. I can't. I mean, I remember Spirit of the Goat. We find out that like he visits his old partner all the time in that nursing home, and like we've seen bits of his life, you know, here or there, like his motivations, but it's been, I, I would like, and, and watch it happen next week, I would like another Bullock-centric episode, you know, a, a, a good one, you know? He's, he, I think that, like, when the show started out, they invested enough time, so, like, we liked the character, but as the series went on, the plots didn't use, utilize him very well, where he, I mean, I don't want, uh, I don't want to say sidekick at, to be as mean as it, it can sound, but he kind of is basically Gordon's right-hand man, and little else. The fact that, like, he's in that, like, you know, in some episodes Gordon teams up with Bullock, and some episodes he teams up with Lee, and the only difference is, like, you know, in those episodes is, like, he's kissing his partner, and those ones speaks volumes. That, like, there's no difference between who Gordon teams up with. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I think that, like, it would be, I would, I would have liked to see, in fact, you know what, as I'm thinking about this now, why wasn't Bullock uh, arrested? I guess I guess he was always secret uh, of his crimes because I guess he or, or fired at least. I mean, I guess his crimes were not as serious as everyone's else's, and I guess because he, you know, he didn't sell drugs, and I guess because he's, you know, part of the main cast, <laughs> and like he, <laughs> I he, think it's he, because he's part of the main cast. Yeah, no, I, he I, needs I, to be I, there. He helped take down, you know, Carmine Falcone, you know, or AKA like, you know, help Carmine Falcone like retire from crime, like by like by doing nothing to stop. Yeah. <laughs> we need you, Falcone. You can stop this. That's true. I said I could, and I was probably right. But I gotta be honest, guys. I'm really not feeling a second season. <laughs> not now. I'm too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ever since I choked my girlfriend and, like, you know, gave Maroney that gay judge, <laughs> things just haven't been the same. <laughs> As though that wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there is some weird. There is some weird stuff that has happened on this show. I know it's not because it's a Batman show, um, but I, I think, and I, I, I don't want to necessarily become an armchair writer, but like, I think that like it would have been interesting for um, I almost said Vic Mackey again for Chickless. <laughs> I what, call what is him Graham. Um, yeah, what's the actual character's name? <laughs> <laughs> Captain the Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we should learn that since I don't know. This is the show we're covering. We don't really we don't take time to learn a lot of new characters' names. Well, we? yeah, like Theo Gallahan. It's like his like third or fourth. Gallivan. Yeah, I know. I'm still calling him Max Shrek. Like whenever I do the recap. Okay. Um. Let's see. Captain Nathaniel Barnes. Uh, that's kind of boring. That's so the thing, kind of boring. <laughs> it's a name. What do you want it to be? Dashing courageous. <laughs> Rich kickass. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Surge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, max power. Hmm. <laughs> Hercules Rockefeller. Rembrandt Q. Einstein. Handsome be wonderful. Hercules Rockefeller. <laughs> Handsome be wonderful. George George Glass. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to make a serious point. Like, 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 uh, Michael Chiklis's character. I think that it would be interesting if he if he didn't choose to fire Bullock. He was just Bullock. I'm watching you. I know what you've done in the past, and the only reason you're still here is because you've helped Gordon, you know, save the city from Balloon Man. But like, I think that, like <laughs> Balloon Man count. <laughs> I think that like establishing a t- because Bullock's already like you know scaredy cat around him. I think that like establishing a tension, an open tension between the two, would have been interesting and giving Bullock something to do on his own rather than you know have him be uh, uh, Gordon's appendage. I think that would be kind of neat. Potentially. <laughs> Bullock, Bullock leaves a message on Gordon's machine. My therapist says I need to be my own character and not someone's appendage. Appendage, huh? I'll show him appendage. Well, yeah, don't, don't, you, don't you think like, like my idea uh, should be praised and, and put in the show? Even though, like, the, by the time that the writers would even, like, get around to hearing this episode, they've already, they're already writing, like, five or ten episodes from now. <laughs> He's already been killed off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chickle actually, and that's the thing too, because like he is so what Gordon wants. It's either going to turn out that like he's evil or corrupt, just like everyone else. So like Gordon gets disappointed. Like I thought oh, you were be- different. You were just like all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I loved you. You were the chosen one. Yeah. What if? Yeah. What if you be like? Or, or, a, or uh, he's or he's going to die, which is going to like demoralize Gordon. Like something like. I, I don't see a good end for this character. Like it's he sure will be a a, a character when Bat- Batman's around. Well, I mean, wh- he's not the char- this is not the name of the character in the comics or the or the animated series. But what if he ended up being a character like Lockup, like, really obsessed? That'd be kind of oh okay, yeah. You, yeah. you remember Lockup? Yeah, yeah. They could do something like that, or um, or like some other. Co- he could die of the clench or something, or <laughs> you know, when they do Contagion, you know, in episode six. Hey, you know what? We're all- we already have Nightfall this season. We're like Theo Galhans, like you know. Oh yes, we're going to um, break. We're we're going to like you know break Gordon body and soul. But and first, they announced you know, that they're going to do the uh, Court of Owls storyline. Which why? Okay, so maybe that's what that Zordon thing was all about. Anyway, I don't. So Gotham. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about Barnes other than like you know like he sure is he. Although we we could talk about the red shirts that he hired. Who um yeah because like I, his I totally I totally thought that 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 female one was going to die. When she was shot, it's 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 a list of helpful minorities to uh, 
Trojan horse to show into being relevant because they, they killed off Essen. So like, wow, shit. that was <laughs> political. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was surprising coming from you. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never talked. I've never talked about this. Um, well, call, calling it that though, like you're like, oh, that's just a Trojan horse. Like, I have never heard you be that negative about like diversity before. Well, I think that like uh, this show. I, I, I happen to be very cynical because it's a, the Fox Network, probably because it's election season coming up. But like, considering how they've treated uh, Barbara and Montoya's relationship, you know, they can barely hint a kiss, but she's like making out with an evil villain because she's evil. You see? And well, okay. Like, they, they had a better kiss later that season when they were when they were laying down in the bed. <laughs> that, that, that kiss from the like second or third episode where uh, on, yeah that, that that was the kiss that was BS but they uh they got their stuff together you know I, I think I, I think I'm legitimately politically biased against the Fox Network just because they happen to have a news channel which I don't like but I feel that like <laughs> hey they they've given us the Simpsons and, they, and they've let the Simpsons talk shit on them for decades they really yeah and if you listen to DVDs they're, they're like I don't know how we get away with all these Fox jokes but anyway. <laughs> because Fox is like, keep, keep printing us money. <laughs> and you can tell whatever jokes we want. The League of Uninformed Voters presents the Springfield Mayoral Debates. I'm your moderator, Larry King. Now a word to our audience. Even though we're being broadcast on Fox, there's no need for obnoxious hooting and hollering. <laughs> but like, real talk, I mean, I'm, I am so salty of how they treated Renee Montoya. Who was like one of the better characters they could have ever have on the show? And you know, freaking Miss shows like obsessed with like Renee Montoya and Christmas Allen, who like have not appeared in ages. But dude, you read you and I like two years ago read Gotham Central. And we were like, you know, this is so good. So of course we're not we're annoyed when the, when they're on the show do nothing and leave. So to me, it's like you know, okay, you have these really two fantastic characters from the comics who happen to be of non non white background. You, you write them off for no reason. They didn't even write them off. They just stopped writing them. So you invite you you and you uh, bring in all these new hopeful young pie you know eye in the pie recruits. You're like ah, my name's Martinez and I'm also Rodriguez or something like that. To me, it's like they're, they're all lined up for the you know they're all cattle for the slaughter. I find. <laughs> I, I I guess I'm just very cynical over that. Um, I would I would like for them to be you know more realized characters. And I suppose the potential is still there, but I, I think I am because like we didn't really see much of their characters, and I'm not really interested in them necessarily. But it, it's like, you know, let's call in a strike force to attack the Penguin. Why don't you – I think it would be a more smarter idea to, you know, okay, this guy came from out of town. Find some other, you know, experienced cops from out of town to help take down Penguin as opposed to, like, these new bio young <laughs> – like, like almost prepubescent, like, uh, cops just to – so they, so they can become rookies and die and give – I do love, like, they're all order. celebrating the fact that, like, you know, uh, uh, Martinez or whatever her name was got shot and then Bullock's like – um, yeah, you know that you could have died, and next time you will die, so, like, stop celebrating. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep laughing while you can, before I kill, I mean, they kill you. <laughs> I've seen many good supporting characters die. Many red shirts die. You. What, you like, hey, what, what's your backstory? Um, I don't know my backstory. What's your last name? Oh my god, I'm gonna die! Like, <laughs> have you ever seen, um, Galaxy Quest? Yeah, yeah, I watched it uh, this past summer. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember, yeah, I remember the part where like the guy's like, he's like, "You guys don't even know my last name." Oh my god, I'm just here to die. <laughs> that was um 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 Justin Hammer. What's what's the actor's name? Uh, I forgot the actor's name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I feel that like this plotline is being set up for a uh, for an, an inevitable tragedy. 
and I, I I'm kind of going on on to general you know how the uh, how the show's operated up, up to this point and just general TV tropes, but I, I have a hard time getting interested or invested in these guys. Probably because like, they are so young. It's like if you get, if you give more of like Gordon and Bullock's contemporaries, that would be that would at least be a, li- a bit more a bit less predictable. I mean, I am glad that it's new characters though, as opposed to like ones who like are supposed to be there when Batman's an adult. That way, we're not like. We don't have, like, Flash dead before year one or, like, Essen dead before she and Gordon can ever, you know, like, uh, think of her as a cop, um, you know, and stuff like that. What are your overall thoughts on them? Uh, that they're red shirts and that, like, you know, and, and just what I was texting where, like, I joke that this show is Alan Montoya obsessed, but every time they're like, oh, man, we need to find cops who are on our side, like, you have them. You wrote them off of. The, you didn't even write them off of the show. Like, <laughs> they're, they're still potentially out there, you know, like I yeah, said. That- I mean, I mean, I know they said that like, you know they're they I know there's they, their stories don't have to be, don't include them. They, they, the executive producers have said as much, but for God's sake, don't pretend that they were never there. Yeah, when Gore, we must find a cop who believes in you know the system, you know, or like it, it, it it's almost it's not as bad, but it's almost as bad as the whole like, is it true you're a dishwasher or Bullock like you know five but four or five episodes. His life. Like, 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 like he, it, it, when he, whenever he sees Mr. Zaz, he should remember. Oh yeah, he almost killed me. Who saved me that time? It was Magic Christmas Allen and, and his, you know, men in black. It must have been my girlfriend up. Lee. No, <laughs> she hadn't even had her first appearance yet. Oh well. Batman? Who's Batman? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, I'm, that's I'm, I'm good talking about the cops. If you want to talk about the other plot line, unless you have anything else to say. No, 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 no. Um. Wait, wait, we, got, we, got, we want to talk about Theo and Penguin and Butcher. Do we want to talk about Brucey and Silver and that, Selena? I think uh, we're generally going into the the overall mode of the uh, sequence of events. So we can hit up Penguin and Galavan. Yeah. First of all, I loved Robin Lord Taylor in that scene at the beginning where he's uh, yeah, like this. This episode, he was very good. Yeah. Like, like, whenever we imitate him, we kind of always do his like scared thing from last season where he stutters like that's Butch. Scene. He's loyal to Fish Mooney, but like he was Don Maroney. What are you doing here? Like stuff like that. Like, but like this episode, yeah. Like when he's not the Jeffrey Manac, I loved him taking control of the Lost Boys. Like at the beginning of this episode, you know, like where he's he's yelling at them, and he's like, you know, there will be no murders at all, and then like Theo's like. I liked I liked I liked his whole like his joke because the penguin really does not like the Joker in the comics. I mean, a lot of villains don't, but like he because you know like stylistically they are opposites. Like he's very tailored. He's very uh, wannabe, prim and proper, and sophisticated. And like I, in, in this episode, he's actively complaining about like, you know that stupid ginger making chaos. Like that to me is like. You know, this this is the first time I really felt the character to be like the the one from the comics, and not that that's ever been a problem, but like I like that they uh, inserted that direction into it. So I I, I agree that that scene was pretty cool. What do you think when he called Bush bipolar? By the way, like I Bush think they forgot like, again, like 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 what they did with Bush. Like, like you can't have I, I don't a, think a they forgot. It's pretty hard to forget. But you can't have a lobotomy and make somebody bipolar. What the hell? Well, I I, I think I. I don't know if Penguin was serious or like if Butch is really well. Butch denies he's like, "What? No, I'm not." And like, but just knowing about bipolar disorder, it it doesn't. I don't think it works the way it does with Butch. And Butch, yeah, like you said, legitimately not as much bipolar as like 
the poor guy, you know, like, was what? loyally devoted to Fish Mooney and then was, like, tortured and, like, brainwashed to the point where, like, he was forced to shoot her or, and it, while his head was exploding practically because, like, he couldn't follow the orders. Well, I mean, also, like, like, like he, non- he, he non-lethally shot both of them and then he watched as Robin Lord Taylor chucked Jada Pinkett Smith off of a roof. And now and he's working like he- for the guy who killed her. Yeah, like, and, like he, and he, he had a hand in her death because had he not shot her, she probably would have been able to, uh, you know, but, maybe but he do something. He doesn't seem to have an iota of a problem with the fact that like like that happened. Like he's he's very resigned. Like you know, I mean, there's there's not a wince a wince of hesitation or bitterness towards Penguin. He's like, yep, Penguin sure is my pal. And like, well, I maybe, don't know if maybe I'm that's mad the Zaz tour. I mean, he was pretty upset, and uh, all happy families are alike. I, mean, oh, I can't okay, believe you remember that episode's name. <laughs> um, I, I I looked at the list of episodes that we did recently when I was on the podcast page looking at the comments, but yeah. Um, I I like the Butch character generally, but it feels like another instance like, like we were just talking about where they kind of forgot exactly what they did with him because I feel that like he was a little more nuanced. Where in this one, he's basically freaking like you know, hey, what are we gonna do today, Penguin? Like Barney Rubble. <laughs> oh. So, so the person who does like Gotham reviews on BuzzFeed, who stopped doing them. Those reviews were hilarious, by the way. But you know, whatever. Anyway, um, like they, they made a comment in the episode where um, Butch saves uh, Fish from that one like torturer guy after you know, like after Liza dies. Um, like Butch, he, they said that Butch uh, always looks at Fish, and the look on his face is uh, like, "Are you my mother?" <laughs> from from those like Doctor Seuss books. And uh, he doesn't look at Penguin the same way, but he, ha- he he has that whole, like, sycophant way about him. Um, like, you know, he's like, okay, what, what do you need me to do for you, boss? You want me to find your mother? He's not Smithers, though. He's, he's, not like, he's not, like, kissing Penguin's ass. He's just, no, like, he, he, he's not, but he'll do what he can, you know, for Penguin. Like, he will go above the call of the line of duty. Like, I, I think he's just, like, a guy who's very dedicated to whatever his profession is. And if he's yeah. working for Penguin, he's, he's working as best as he can. Well, and Penguin did not say, find my mom, you know. Butch said, we'll find your mother, you know, like... Dead or alive. (laughs) (laughs) They made a vow their mother would be found. Well, not their mother. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Season four, you know, revelation. Butch and Penguin were brothers this whole time. your mom, we found her. She's my mom. (laughs) (laughs) How have you never noticed this before? (laughs) Oh, you have been on all those family reunions. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why I have a brother who looks just like you and has the same name as you. <laughs> it pronounces it the same way. Um, we, we, uh, but but the interesting thing is, like, Penguin, you know, he does tell his men at the beginning there'll be no murders, and then <laughs> that's why, because you were asking me before, like, you know, off off mic, you know, why doesn't Penguin just kill these people, send his men to kill these people? I said, well, he just, like, made this whole speech to his men, like, we can't do murders anymore, and it, he loses face if he, like, goes back on that and, like, yeah, shows Yeah, I, I missed that. that line completely that he, he said that he made that rule. Right. I mean, but I was like, at least use Zaz, and then uh, as you saw in the Skype thing, like, Zaz showed up, like, you know, a second later. Who, who's He's basically... He hasn't marked himself in any recent memory when he's done these murders since Penguin's Umbrella. Like, I remember, that's the only time I remember him doing it. So, I feel like he's more like Bullseye from Daredevil. Like, the enforcer for the mob who, like, you know, uh, uses guns and stuff. I, I, I actually quite, I mean, he's very much a 90s villain and kind of a carnage mold. But I actually very much like the character of Mr. Zash. He's not been done appropriately since the 90s, I must say. Like, I just, I, re- I reread Nightfall. And he's so awesome in that. And, like, he, in this one... 
he's kind of just like a very he's he's kind of a mustache twirling sixties Batman villain, and I miss. You know, he is of a certain identifiable type in the 90s, but I also miss that kind of variety of, like, the kind of really, really fucked up, like, like obsessed serial killer. And this one, he's like, you know, can I kill them, please? It's like, oh, God. So, and him using guns and, you know, like, running around like Billy the Kid, that's just not the character, but... So I don't really care what they do with him in this show because it's so uh, anathema to, like, the characters or of the comics that, like, I kind of just write it off as whatever. Well, I, I remember, like, um, during Batman Reborn, like, I think it's, um, oh, what, what was that series that was done with by Dustin Wen um, around that time? Like, Gotham... Uh, oh, Streets of Gotham. Streets of Gotham. Like, I remember when Zaz appeared in Streets of Gotham, like, he was drawn with, like, 60% less scars than, like, he usually had. I was like, what the heck? Those things don't heal. Because <laughs> he always has them all over his body, but regardless. Um, but, yeah, it's... I thought that the whole, like, revelation of Gertrude being captured, the way that it was shot and presented, it felt more like silly season one Gotham than, like, something that we would have seen, like, the last A few episodes. A lot of this episode. episode felt that way. Yeah, like, th- th- there would have been other ways to show her captured. The fact that, like, she was already captured and, like, she's in this, like, you know, saw room or something. And uh, it-, it-, it reminded me of, like, you know, something like Maroni and Falcone and that, like, gay judge <laughs> or, like... Do you want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know that, like, she's still... I-, 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 I wonder if, like, it would take Penguin that long to realize she's captured, but... He's busy, and as we saw last season, like, he doesn't visit his mother as often as he should. You know, that... And also, I gotta say, like... Uh, oh, I then remember... again! We haven't seen his mom now that I think the last time we saw her was the episode where she's like, Don't lie to me! I'm not some country bumpkin, you know? From the, the... Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, um, so, like... Uh, I was going to mention... I was going to mention that, like, when we t- when we talked to Robin Lord Taylor uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, I, I sat right next to him, uh, I think it was Stella or you that mentioned his mother and said, oh, is she going to be a target now that he's the king of Gotham? And he was very much like, because Robin Lord Taylor, he's, he's, he's only like a half step removed from his character that he plays on, the, on Gotham. <laughs> so he was extremely excited. He's like, oh, we'll see. And like, I could tell right away that like something, like when they showed the trailer and you saw a penguin screaming into the fire, something bad was going to happen to her. So like, I was kind of uh, clock checking to wait to see before, when it was revealed that she was either kidnapped or dead in this show. So I was actually kind of like, not necessarily surprised. I was like, okay, they're going to, they're, They've introduced this plot. We've been doing a countdown of death for that woman ever since she first appeared, and like we have. Well, and like there were so many times where I thought that Maroni was going to kill her last season because like Penguin's like, I swear on my mother's grave, and it's like, no, you fool. Like, and now he's going to be like your mother's grave, eh? Well, now we just killed your mother into the slicer. Am I right? And if she doesn't end up dying, then we'll have to talk about his other parent that come, comes in. Yeah. I guess we can. Uh, I mean, we could briefly take a break from the episode to talk about that now. Um, as revealed, in, you know, at uh, New York Comic Con, uh, Robin Lord Taylor says that his daddy will be coming onto the show, played by Pee Wee Herman himself, Paul Rubin, who also reprising his role. <laughs> yeah, who also played Batmite in um, uh, Brave, and Brave and the Bold, and uh, played Penguin's father in uh, Batman Returns, which. Uh, Newsarama cheesily had like a Facebook, you know, link where like it's a picture of the Batman Returns like promo image and it says Batman Returns actor reprising their role on Gotham. But you know, the headline's not going to tell you. You have to click on the article to like find out who. But don't worry Gotham, you know, we'll uh Gotham Chronicle listeners. 
we'll just straight up tell you, you know, who it is so you don't have to, like, click on anything because it's a podcast and there's nothing to click on anyway. I guess we could say go to the Batman universe to find out who it is. <laughs> well, there's a creepy image that I think I think it's fan art of, like, the mother and I, Paul I think it's official because, like, all of the, like, Facebook, like, stuff is using it and everything and, like, like the official pages and official Twitters. That, I mean, it's a very good piece of fan art, but, like, I find it, I find it very creepy because, like, they, all those... All those actors in, in their in their costumes and makeup look disturbing. Like, like just 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 they're not they're, they're not even looking evil. They just like are smiling and being all pleasant and nice. And I'm like, uh-huh. I've told the joke a few times, which is like uh, when people talk to me, I said, "Oh yes, he needs to drop Penguin in the sewer again." <laughs> I, I just wanted to be swilling martinis, like you know, silently condemning his infant son for eating their <laughs> <own> cat. <laughs> eating the cat. Selena's like, he ate what? I'm out of here. <laughs> And then we see Selena eat a bird. Oh. Here, birdie, birdie, birdie. Let me, let me just say, because it was my episode that like we, we keep on referencing God, uh, Batman Returns. I don't love that movie, and you'll hear why on our comic book film review episode, Batman Returns. Uh, I forget which one it is, but you can find it at on Facebook and on iTunes and CBF Review, R-E-V-U-E, dot lips and dot com. Because Josh and I uh, have talked about this often before we did this episode, and that was an episode we kind of hashed it out in length. So but please go over there and download and the original podcast. Gotham Chronicle, you know, cast is there. You know, Stella, Stella's with us in that one. And we we got some other guy named Chris, you know. <laughs> Who's, he's not Dustin, so you don't want to bother. Yeah, he's not Dustin. He he watched Gotham, but I I don't think he finished the first season. He was saying, like, he, he thought about finishing the first what season. What man can blame him? <laughs> oh, come on. We're supposed to be fans of this show. But, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that one? All right. Um. Uh, so, but okay, like Theo and his like plan to like you know let me. First up, we we joked about his overacting, la- and not the actors overacting, the characters overacting last episode, and like this, like he's like, Mister Theo, like gossip, gossip Gertie's niece is like, you know, like Theo, are you gonna run for mayor? Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Mayor me. You want to help me out? <laughs> uh, Julie Madison, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, Ella McPherson's like... <laughs> but he anyway. was madly in love with Bachelorhood. <laughs> for, but that's perfectly enough for now. But anyway, he's like, Mayor, this city deserves just... And then, you know, um, uh, <laughs> these, like, hoods go by and, like, you know, do a fake assassination attempt. He's like, you know what? This well, city, ne- this city one, right? needs me. This city needs justice. I will be mayor. I'll okay. play this stinking city like a harp from hell. <laughs> Oops, I said the loud, quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, he reveals to Penguin, like, you know, what, 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 actually, they're going to build, like, some housing to, like, I was like, God, this is just, like, Batman Forever, where, like, you need someone to be mayor so you can build something because of, like, permits. He wants like, to tear down, He, he, not he wants the to narrows. build some sort of, like, thing for unknown reasons. I thought it was going to be, like, the, in the ancient Indian burial ground from, like, which uh, the producers promised us at San Diego when Don and I asked him that, like, we will be seeing a resolution to that ancient Indian burial ground, like, before... And you said you, 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 we better... <laughs> <laughs> well, I also said, are we going to see Gordon have a house? And they said, I don't know, maybe one day. I'm like, what do you mean? He's a homeless <laughs> cop. You can't do that to the main <laughs> character. Benjamin McKenzie has, has had the exact same complaints about that. Yeah, they looked at me, they said, you and Ben McKenzie are both, like, positioning for this. I'm like, good. <laughs> but, uh, 
Oh, and then, like, Penguin, like, all of a sudden is a social justice warrior. He's like, you know, I actually hate that term, you know, I only say it ironically, but, like, he's a social justice warrior, like, you can't build on that development, you know, like, that'll, like, hurt, you know, thousands of, like, low-income families. And I I posited that, like, I imagine, because his mom resides there. I really do think that's because he could move his reason. mom, you know. But like, <laughs> like I was like, since when does Penguin care about the little people? I but... don't want to move. I think you probably <laughs> no. I would never move from this place. But like, yeah, like since that episode where Maroni, like you know, uh, <laughs> comes up to her and like you know tells her Penguin's like secret. Like we haven't seen the fallback from that. So like, have they spoken since that episode or what? Or is that going to be forgotten? Or I mean, it's been six months. So you imagine? I have to imagine that they've at least spoken. Well, He's been pretty busy in those six months. Like, you know, maybe they haven't spoke. What with leading the Lost Boys now that Rufio's out of the picture? Yeah. Uh, do we have anything more to say about Penguin? Uh, well, that, we were on that scene where Penguin talks to Theo Gallivan and Tigress, and I gotta say, because I, I you know, I, I sure am a feminist, but with my lusting over women all the time, I thought that the actress who played Tigress was particularly stunning in that, that scene. I think her hair was down, and she wasn't dressed like an idiot. Like, she was like, yes, the plan to destroy Gotham. Mm." I'm like, yeah, tell me about that plan, baby. (laughs) She looked really attractive. I just want to make a note of that. I don't know if, um, like, if it's because it's being written by different people or not, or it's just like, you know, one episode handles one plot line, one episode handles another. But, like, at the end of the last, or maybe Tigress just got over it quickly, but at the end of the last episode, you know, we joked about how, like, Barbara gets together with her brother, and she, like, looks at them like, what? I thought Barbara loved only me. You know, like, not love, but you know what I mean? Like, but, like, this episode, like, everything's back to, like, you know, they're okay. Well, they got over that. Does it, does it, does it Barbara, does Barbara, when, when Barbara comes in, does she, like, like physically flirt with Theo because I know that like, like at no point does Tigress look at her. Wrong. I thought that I thought that she and like uh, Tigress made out. It's it's been a few That's days right. since I've seen the episode. Yeah, mm, hello Theo, and, and then, then like she's like, oh blah, hey blah, Penguin, blah, blah, which uh, you know like they met very briefly last season when like Gordon like sh- uh, uh, he shows up at, at Barbara Keen's like apartment and like <laughs> I told you never to come back to Gotham. But like, I'm gonna kill you for reals this time. But because Barbara, you know, like never left her apartment that much, I guess you know, like, <laughs> I'm afraid about that. <laughs> except for like when she left for like six months, you know, like to go live with her parents before she killed them. Man, last season was weird. <laughs> but anyway, um, like I, I, I guess she would remember one of the few people that she met last season. You know, especially <laughs> people that she saw outside the house. Especially because he was so unusual looking, and the name Oswald Cobblepot. Like, um, I don't remember if he used a fake name or not, but like the name Oswald Cobblepot came back to like haunt them when like Renee Montoya like showed up at her door arresting him for the murder of Oswald Cobblepot. So I think you forget a guy named Oswald. Like, that's such a particularly goofy name, Oswald Cobblepot. I, 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 I can buy that he would be bullied because that, that's kind of a name that you, we would want to punch. Cool, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I sure am Roger Glotz. <laughs> Another person who Theo, you know, mentored this episode was Bruce. Um, okay, and I, I talked about this one when when I read the Skype thing. I gotta mention this again. I'm sorry, folks, but uh. <sighs> He's like, oh boy, they sure, you know, don't have any leads for, you know, the murder of your parents, which, like, almost makes him a little bit of a suspect in my book, because it's like, well, he he would have had nice shoes, and he has plans for Bruce, maybe, like, that was part of it, but also, like, how would he know this information, because last, at the beginning of the season, it was very clear that, like, the mayor 
and the cops wanted a murderer for the Waynes, like, captured before the funeral so that the public would think that the cops were doing their job and they'd move on. And then, like, at the end of the pilot, you know, like, he Gordon goes to Bruce privately. He's like, I got to tell you something, you know. The cops framed Mario Pepper for the murder of your parents, but we can't tell anyone because, like, they'll kill everyone that we know. So, like, this has got to be our secret, but I'm going to find the real murder. So as far as, like, you know, Joe Q public on the street knows, you know, the murder is Mario Pepper. The only people who know that it isn't are Alfred, uh, Lovecraft who died, Harvey Dent, Renee Montoya, Crispus Allen, uh, Detective Bullock, Mayor James, possibly Carmine Falcone, Fish Mooney, Maybe Butch Gilzine. <laughs> well, I mean, like, maybe because you've, you've mentioned, like, four or five, like, mobsters, so maybe, like, he just heard through the grapevine. Well, th- then then he slipped up, because he said, he told Bruce information that, like... He doesn't he know that Bruce doesn't know. He told Bruce information they shouldn't be knowing, because it... Bruce knows, but he doesn't know that, that Bruce knows. But... I know for a fact well, that, but, that Gordon... but wouldn't he think that Bruce thinks it's Mario Pepper? God, this is... Right, crazy. that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I got, like, like Bruce... Knows it wasn't because Gordon told him that, but he doesn't know. For all he knows, Bruce still think, believes it because it was public knowledge. And why would Bruce think? Yeah, but then, then why is he telling Bruce? It's a shame that they never caught your parents' killer. Like, shouldn't he be expecting Bruce to say, "Uh, yeah, they did. the The killer, the killer's dead. Mario Pepper has that creepy daughter that was living with that you know homeless cop's ex fiance for a while. Who? Yeah, I don't remember her very much either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, Mario Pepper's daughter, you know, um, uh, lived with uh, the woman who's uh, having sex with you and your sister right now. <laughs> the weird family trees that this show has. It's interesting that the characters that they don't write our show again are actually major characters in the Batman comics. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not demanding that Poison Ivy show up again, but like, they don't, they'd not explain where she went. Wouldn't it be funny if like Mario Pepper's name in the pie instead of being Mario Pepper was actually Joe Chill, like, and like this is the continuity where like Joe Kill's not not the killer, and it's like a swerve for the audience when like he's caught and killed, and it's like, yep, that sure was the Wayne's killer, but then like you find I, out it wasn't him. I think that'd be kind of cool because I, uh, I'm not married. I don't, I'm I'm never a f- a great fan. I don't really mind, but like. I don't need the Batman killer Batman's parents to have to be Joe Chill. I, th- I find that to be a very kind of Silver Age thing, and I like the idea that like you don't know who he is. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool for me. Mm-hmm. I like the Joe Chill thing, but like you, I'm not married to it. I mean, it doesn't need to be Jack Napier, and like I, I hope it's God. not anyone. <sighs> it was Jerome. <laughs> he's he's already dead. God, what if he would have done the Tell Me Kid? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh God, he had the opportunity to do so last episode. Yeah. <laughs> but that that was Jerome. Um, but anyway, like that scene bothered me. But then, uh, I'm very surprised that like the that Theo's like, does. "Oh, Alfred, do you want to dine with us?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I'll give you guys some privacy." I'm like, "This is the guy who's like afraid to take his eyes off of Bruce at any moment." But well, I mean, I think I think you can buy that because like they they've watched this guy save Bruce's life, and they for all they know, there's no earthly reason. Alfred why is he would really be distrustful of a lot of people. I I, mean, I don't. I think that like every iteration of of Alfred would have had bought per- Galavan would have bought purchase for, with him uh, to do whatever he wants after saving Bruce's life because Bruce was about to be killed and Galavan completely like like saved him. So I think that I, I don't think Alfred would be like I don't trust this guy. I don't think that I think I think you know maybe he's too concerned over other things. But I think that like uh, it's fine for him to be with him. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's fair but, enough. But we can, we, can, we can disagree, though. And then, the, well, no, 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 no that, that's fair. You explained it well. Uh, it, it seemed unusual to me at first glance, but yeah, when you explain it like that. 
And then uh, we find out that Theo Gallahan's niece, aka and also his ward, is none other than Silver St. Cloud. Who, Boom! Who is, I, I was thinking earlier today, like, like, would people who don't know the comics have any idea who that would be? Why would they? The answer's no. She, she, she's never appeared in, like, any other media that I can think of. Like, yeah, even not. in the comics, like, aside from a few miniseries, like, she's very, like, exclusive to, like, one era of Batman comics, even though, like, she's mentioned, like, a lot in, outside that era. Like, In fact, I don't know, besides Catwoman and, like, that, and Batman vs. Dracula, where they have I don't know if any of Batman's love interests have been uh, done more than the comics. Um, you have Julie Madison and um and and Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin and like Vicky Vicky Vale has been done in like so many things like she's she was in oh, Brave and okay, the Bold okay. she was in um for one for one clip she was she was in she was in Brave and the Bold for one clip and I don't know if they mentioned her by name she was in the movie obviously she was in uh, Vicky Vale was in the serials so, no so, Linda Page was Linda Page but so was I'm pretty sure Vicky Vale was in the serials too uh, I'm looking this up right now. I'm remembering. I'm remembering like one of the serials ending where like Alfred plays like a tape recording of Bruce Wayne on the phone, and Vicky feels like, "Oh, silly me! I thought I figured out your secret identity." And who did you think it was? Bruce Wayne. Ha ha. All right, let's see. I'm not aware of this. She's in the serials, but my point is, my larger point is, Vicky Bale has been in a few things. That is true. But Vicky, Silver St. Cloud... She was in the 1949 Vesper. Batman and Robin serial played by Jane Addams. Take that, Donovan. <laughs> but, but my larger nervous. point... Seriously, my, my larger point is that, like, generally, Bruce's normal uh, comic relationships have rarely been, been uh, infused in the pop- popular media. I mean, I'll give you Vicky Vale for the Batman 89 movie. And Talia. But aside from that... No, I, I, I will... Talia and Cal- Okay, Batman but we're, talk, like we're talking about civilian ones. Yeah, like... Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, 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 like Silver, Vicky, Vesper, Linda, Julie Madison, generally, Chandra, even. Like, those kind of human characters, I've, no, I've never been, like, no, they were never in the animated series. So I don't think that, like, in the last 20 years, they've been in the popular media where people would know about them. And I'm not complaining that, like, you know, Silver's in the show. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making an observation that, like, many of his love interests in the popular media, people, people would not be aware of. Because Rachel Dawes was an original character in the Nolan movies. It's interesting to me too that like um in the before Silver St. Cloud was revived a bunch of times like in the last 10 years like before that Likewise. she was only like she was mentioned a lot and remembered by fans probably because of the run that she was in was so iconic but otherwise like no other like you know you don't see other Batman love interests including the like you know big ones like you know Vesper or Chandra who like Bruce almost married like you don't see some of those love interests get mentioned over and over again by fandom the way that like silver was and silver wasn't even around for like a very long time but because that run was so memorable and and honestly like like, like she was basically written uh if you actually read those 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 steve Englehart comics she wasn't written all that differently from julie and linda at the time because granted she was in the 70s so, so there was a there's a bit more agency with her but generally she you know she would be in love with bruce wayne find out he was batman and leave town and not necessarily that's happened with every other, every other female character, but like that's the kind of like you know the general mode for all of us. I mean, hell, uh, uh, Nicole Kidman, Vicky Vale in the in the movies. That's like the, that's like the go to mode for operation for Batman's love interests. Yeah, there's there's no real. I mean, like I, I don't know. Honestly, like when it comes to love interests, when people shipping with either the Talia or Catwoman, that's because they're the most interesting. Who really is a fan of Julie Madison? Well, and, and it's it's also because Bruce Wayne's like civilian life has been severely like downplayed a lot so 
You know, it makes right. it makes the other it, love interest more fantastical and more stronger characters. But like, you know, there's not a, the city, there, there's not a lot of strong, you know, Julie Madison stories. Like, oh, there's that story where like, you know, she became princess of a country, and Bruce had to impersonate her fiance to marry her. This is a real story from the seventies. I knew you guys. Bring that up. Yeah, well, like, how many other stories can you tell about Julie Mad that you know are awesome Julie Madison stories? The one where she dressed up as Robin. And broke like she's the first like female to wear a Robin costume, and broke up with Bruce because he's doing nothing with his life. And Bruce, at no point, chooses to tell her that you know he's Batman. I like the Batman story uh, very early on. Uh, J- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did like update Carter that Fox story. story. Oh oh, the original one. Yeah, that's a cool story. But like Julie doesn't do anything in that. She's a hostage. Like well, no, but but, but that's 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 my point though. Like like. I, I don't mind the fact that all that like these half a dozen female characters from all from out of out of the last seventy five years of Batman's history, the last thirty, which is still less than half, have gone with the idea that like Bruce Wayne is kind of you know a fiction compared to his actual Batman personality. It really was in, in the old days. Bruce Wayne was a real guy and he became Batman, which is why he had human lo- human civilian love interests. But Talia and Catwoman are, are far more compelling and interesting, which is why they've been played up a lot more. So I don't really mind it. So we, we kind of go back to Silver St. Cloud. It's cool that they brought in a character from the comics. But we're kind of making here that, like, you know, if you read those comics, I don't, I don't, there's really nothing special about her besides, besides the rote, she found out, or she learned who Batman was. I thought her personality was down. dramatically different in those Kevin Smith books, where... Uh, I don't even want to mention those, she, they were... Okay, because, I, I have to mention one thing about that Kevin Smith book, because it had, aside from the whole Batman penis pants thing, one of the stupidest, like... I would almost call it sexist moments where Bruce randomly, after getting oh, yeah. engaged with Silver St. Cloud, has an epiphany, oh no... What if she's an evil robot and attacks her, takes a piece of her hair, tests it, and realizes that she's not a robot? And instead of her being like, WTF, don't you ever lay your hands on me again, she like cradles him as they're like both crying, oh, there, there, Bruce, one day I'll teach you that not everyone is an evil robot out to kill you. It's like, wow, way to be an enabler, Silver. That, we talked about that way, like, like oh my god, uh, five years ago. Yeah. Uh, on the on the comic cast, when when those issues, when those Kevin Smith, uh, the Wyden and Gyre came out. <laughs> yeah, Still waiting for those next issues, Kevin. No, I'm not. He, he can stop. <laughs> Silver died at, at the very end, like the very like last page of the last issue. <laughs> I love how you described that. <laughs> I want to turn my head. Here's my fiance's neck. All nice and supple. Please don't slash. Ah, oh, you slashed it. <laughs> I can never be happy. We should probably talk about, you know, I don't know, the actual Silver Saint Cloud in this show who, you know, like a freaking Pokemon. flower child. I, I, I don't know if I like, but like, we don't get, but like, she plays in fountains, you know, like. She looks like she's 15 and she's dancing around like, like, uh, one of the darling children from Peter Pan. Like, la 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 la. Oh, Godfather! She doesn't actually say that. Why, why'd he leave her out in the fountain? He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, that <laughs> I, I left her chained out outside like a common bicycle. You know, like, <laughs> that's another Simpsons quote, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I do get a very bad feeling about her because I feel like, you know, obviously she's being used as bait by Theo Gallahan. Like, that much is obvious, but I wonder if she's in on it. Yeah, she, she was played as, like, too good to be true, kind of. Right. I mean, and... I, the show has changed so much, so, like, it's really not going to hurt anything if they make Silver St. Cloud, like, an evil woman, you know, like, from Bruce's childhood. It's like, Or, like, she stabs him in the season finale, and he's like, Silver? No. Talia. <laughs> My father named me Talia. Theo did? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Theo Al Ghul. Oh, no, we can't have Tally, because, like, then Stella's, you know, uh, for proclamation of Tessa Ghouli is gone, but... Well, the thing is, I think we say it again, that, like, like, out of all the literature, Silver Sea Cloud it just happens to not be one of my favorites. I mean, I have no real... I have no real pluses or minuses for her to be on the show. It's interesting that, like, they they kind of... Maybe it's because you and I have continuity glasses in our, in our brains, but, like... Here's my my goddaughter, Silver St. Cloud, and like I'm wondering if I'm if if I'm seeing more than what they're saying, or they're trying to play up to an audience that might not be there because that is a very uh, that is a relatively. Well, but you know what? Like I would rather have them like you know call the the girl character Silver St. Cloud than like give her like a made Don up Golden. name. Oh God. <laughs> God no, God. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that story. <laughs> Screw it so hard. <laughs> uh, I hope that people who listen to this uh, podcast like read the Batman comics so that they know what the heck we're talking about and why we hate this stuff. But you know, and, and this is not a passing of a torch, but like you know, as Bruce is getting closer to you know this new love interest, he's being pushed farther away from his uh, other love he's being his, his first, away. his first, yeah. Selena Kyle, who, like, I was like, aw, she showed up for his first day of school. How, holy heck, Alfred just punched her in the- And I love how, like, first, you know, she's, like, verbally sparring with Alfred the way that she does with everyone. Like, it's like, ah, see, you're waiting. No, that's your job. And it's like, oh, she got a diss. And Alfred's like, yeah, punch. Like, I was like, <laughs> holy heck. Holy heck. Like- <laughs> now, I will, I, will, I will say, I'm, you know, it's not funny to see a, a, a grown adult punch a child although these, this is a sensibly Alfred punching kid Catwoman so there can't be humor found in that well it, better than you know the comic from the golden age where Alfred spanks Catwoman uh, and Batman threatened to spank her in Batman number one yeah <laughs> which we uh, we showed Carmen uh, B, B. Canova whatever <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we should show the, the actress that played Catwoman that the comic panel where like Batman friends display Catwoman, and she like had a look on her face and said, "What, Batman? No!" Oh man, that was that was so. I was I was starting to feel bad that we did that because we we showed her the first appearance of Catwoman, which is Batman number one, and and then that issue is when he does the whole quieter Papa spank, and she was basically appalled, <laughs> as she should be. No, Batman. <laughs> she went backstage with Davi afterwards, probably, and was like, "Davi, how could you do this to me? Oh come on, I wasn't even born yet. Look, kid." But anyway, like, yeah, she's doing her whole like you know. Neither were any. Neither were any of the actors or crew back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 1939. But anyway, 1940 that issue. But uh, yeah, like, I I do love the continuity touch of like that's for Reggie, you know, which I tease a little bit. Like, yeah, that's for Reggie, the guy who I don't know stabbed you and left you for dead and was going to kill Bruce, but you it know. was mine to kill. But she, she, she did she start to cry? Or I I I saw that like she was holding back tears, you know, like are you crying? Shut up! You're I'm not crying. You're crying. Kid, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't want to mention the scene where like uh, Bruce shows up and it's like you know I don't want butlers. If if they see that you're my butler, then the kids will laugh at me. Yeah, but, yeah like I, okay, like I, I get the embarrassment, but like he's a rich kid who's grown up around rich kids, so like I don't I don't know how much he's been exposed to like ha ha you have a butler. It's like yeah you have a butler who like you know last time you went to school the butler drove you to somebody's house and like. You know, like, and let you beat them up. Friday style. Yeah. <laughs> Batman versus Hush, round one. Um, well, no, 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 but, like, I mean, 
I don't know why, why is Bruce why should Bruce care what the other kids think about him I don't, I don't know if I, if I can be pedantic why that's a little a out of character yeah a little bit but, but but also because too um like look at that school look at like it, it looks like freaking Hogwarts I'm sorry but like anyone who goes to that school is getting picked up by either a butler or, or a nanny yeah, they're all flying around in brooms. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're getting picked up by butlers or nannies, and it's like, ha-ha, you're getting picked up by, you know, somebody, as opposed to, what, driving home? Like, no no one in his class is old enough to drive, you know, like, nightfall notwithstanding, there's no special driver's license for, like, you know, 14 And I think years. that, like, I mean, the death of the wings is public knowledge, so how would they imagine that he would get home? He, he flies on his, on his gigantic... You have a butler, ha-ha-ha, you know, we uh, drive ourselves home illegally. You know, like <laughs> Flash also picks it up in his new car from the this 2002 movie, <laughs> or picked up by their like you know older brothers or something, you know, or sisters. But oh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, those kids are getting picked up by butlers or nannies. You know, who's Bruce kidding? But teenagers get embarrassed about irrational stuff, so it's. But he's not any teenager. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. One of the kids who I used to like drive to pub, uh, private schools or up on people be like, can you drop me off around the corner? Uh, and, like, I would just look at him and say, this is happening. Make your peace with it. <laughs> you're, getting, you're, you're getting dropped off. People are going to know that you get dropped off. <laughs> it's going to happen. You have your own personal bird, Tony. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, nobody cares. Nobody's like, <laughs> but anyway. I do, I do want to mention briefly the whole, like, you know, uh, okay, now let's go home, Alfred. Yes, here are your running shoes. You have until sundown to, to make it nine miles to the main manor. You sent me to walk! No, Mr. Bruce, I expect you to run. I expect you to die. <laughs> du, 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 du. Okay. <laughs> Where'd the giant laser come from? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's like, where's he going to get dressed? I mean, I guess he'll find a place to get dressed, but like... <laughs> it's back to, like, you know, uh, dickish Alfred parents who, like, you know, let Bruce, like, you know, climb up a hill with a broken leg, you know, and, like, Jim, I need your help. Bruce has kind himself. Oh, no, should you take him to a therapist? Why would I do a thing like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to know if you had any advice. Uh, take him to a therapist. Uh, <laughs> forget you. Go back to finding his That would have been a perfect introduction for Leslie Tompkins, but they didn't think about that back then. Oh, well, she's not a therapist. She, she's a... She's a yeah, she freaking... All right. <laughs> she's a medical doctor. In this show, she is, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Barbara Keane. Well, actually, she brings up... Yeah, she, she does bring up to Barbara Keane. I'm, I'm not a therapist. You should uh, be therapized by somebody else. But wait, wait, wait. wait. What, are, what, is that? what is she in the comics? She, in the she's free- a doctor. She's a medical doctor. She treats your body, not your mind. In some continuity, she, she, is, a, she is a type of therapist. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember. Is that like Return of the Joker or some some version like 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 she's uh, in the anime series? Once or twice I think it's one of those things like, like in the Marvel universe where like Marvel again, uh, where like you know if you're a scientist, you you specialize in every science. So maybe like in some DC books, like ah, oh, well she's a doctor, so surely you know like she knows therapy too. Oh, that's not the case because that means that like there are writers in this show that imagine that Doctor McCoy from Star Trek can like you know sit you down on the couch and talk about your feelings. <laughs> but the show didn't do that. We're, we're putting that on the show. Like they never said that Lee was a therapist. And like when Barbara said, "I want you to do my therapy," Lee's like, "No, you need an actual therapist." She's like, "Oh, but I'm so much more comfortable than with you. <laughs> Come to my house. We'll have a real." Killing. Haha. <laughs> oh, I got it. Make mine a cub sandwich. Nigma and Miss Kringle's. F- okay. 
<laughs> Let the sign begin. <laughs> the sign, it's – I enjoyed these stains, but I'm signing because of Miss Kringle, which first of all, like, Nygma has a history of being very awkward and uncomfortable with you and, like, you know, crossing boundaries and being very inappropriate. And he invites you on a date. That's fine. You're going to go out to a public restaurant. You find out it's at his apartment. That should be a red flag for you. Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be going to this guy's apartment by myself because of, you know, our history and what he's done in the past. But she shows up anyway. Okay, whatever. She's ready to let bygones be bygones. But then when... He insinuates that, like, you know, the last boyfriend's dead. And he explains it away enough where, okay, you know, there's plausible deniability there. But he's like, I hear voices in my head. She responds by making out with him. Like, Kringle, you deserve – and I don't mean to, like, you know, shame any woman or do any victim blaming. But, like, you deserve whatever is going to happen to you in this origin story. Based on your lack of uh, attention to his, his – Well, not only that. Like, I hear voices in my head. Oh, Nigma. And like, um, you know, I like how you did it, like, like Simpson style with, with like the whole like uh, bait and switch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When I was making fun of this with Don on the phone, I like compared it to like a Simpsons episode where like I just well come clean with you. I ain't too good at talking to women, and I, and I really wanted to do you, so I brought along the love tester to help me. As you may have guessed, it's inhabited by the ghost of my friend's dead father. Why you conniving, devious? Monstrous, despicable, sweet little angel. But, Betty, if you just give me a chance... What? I can't believe you went to all that trouble for me. Why, you no-good, repugnant, disgusting, sweetest man ever. (laughs) What? 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 That that was my kind of defense for it, because, like, the George Costanza thing where, like, utter honesty can be seen as endearing in in, in fictionalized women. (laughs) My name is George. I'm unemployed, and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. Well, look, not only, like, her choice here, but, like, look at her choices as a man in the past. Like, okay, you know, the guy that died, he, he, he was a bit of a jerk sometime, you know, and, and and I defended him in his first episode, but then I later was on Stella's side, like, okay. Well, wait, I, I think that was, that's always been the... But then Flash! The she dated freaking Flash the murderer. But, but, but I think that's always been the double-edged sword with his character, because we're eventually, we, we end up rooting for the freaking Riddler. And, we, and we've known fairly early on that he's, not, he's kind of twisted. So she was never in the hands of a good guy. She's never been in the hands of, like, a Jim Gordon. So the fact that, like, she eventually kisses him, I, I'm not necessarily saying, why are you doing that? Because it was always going to be that way. Uh, although they didn't help the, they didn't help the cause by, have, by having the whole, like, you know, ha, my old boyfriend, he's gone. Yes, and I'm glad he's dead. Because I killed... Oh, how are you doing? How's your food? And but she's like, like, she dates Flash the murderer, and then like you know, douchey McDouchepants, and then like, and then now like, you know, fi- finding out that like he the almost puzzles, finding out that like this guy like you know hears voices and like jokes about your old boyfriend being dead, like isn't a turnoff? Like life decisions, Miss Kringle, life mis- life decisions. Well, when she goes to the bathroom, you're thinking that like she was trying to connive a way to get out there. But, like, That's what I thought, too. <laughs> she, she, she goes out the window, you know, or something. 
<laughs> it's like you hear the whole like you know uh, doors shut, window open, car drive away. Well, <laughs> on that part, it's like <laughs> I do love how honest they were being with each other. Like you know, like she's like, you know what? I've kind of been mean to you. Oh, it's okay. I've kind of been inappropriate with you. Ah, uh, yeah. And I won't stop. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, your last boyfriend was mean. Yeah, he was very mean. Ha! <laughs> what was I thinking? I know. I'm glad I murdered him. What? What? Uh, nothing. Um, you just told me um, that you're glad uh, he's dead. Uh, I hear voices. Oh, Enigma. Oh. <laughs> I'll play that too. <laughs> yeah, and and like it probably could have been written better. Um, it was. Re- you see, I don't know. I don't know if it was the scene was exactly horrible because he plays off the, the lie of, of like that was a figure of speech. And I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. buy that. He, he played it in a way I would have, but like, well, it's, it's, it's well, not like who are you talking to, to? Like, I'm imagining like his inner monologue. Don't say the voices in your head. Don't say the voices in your head. Don't say the voices in your head. I was talking to the voices in my head. Go. No. That's it. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I guess because like, because like he, he asserted himself at the beginning, like you know, you, me, dinner, eight o'clock, and she was like, you got it. So like, I guess that like. <laughs> Every, every, every time you see her, she's always like talking to like three or four cops at once. You know, it's that, like, like the, I, I'm going to avoid a very, easy, a very, very easy sexist. Well, you know what? Like, this is the third. I'm, I don't mean to get to get sexist here, but like, like, this is the third, you know, guy who she's dated in the departments, and she doesn't make good choices with any of them. So, yeah, I'm, I think it would be. Uh, short-sighted for us to just naturally assume that Miss Kringle is altogether a good person, or or a person with a level head on her shoulders, but that doesn't make her a bad character necessarily. That just makes the writing very uh, uh, vulnerable. I just like I feel like you know when you watch a scary movie from like you know the '60s or '70s, and like you're yelling at like you know the 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 murder victim, like no, don't go upstairs, go outside, or like no, you know don't like check the barn by yourself, or like. I feel like that with Miss Kringle, where, like, I just want to, like, yell at her, like, the decisions that she's making are so stupid that, like, they are distracting me. This really reminds me of uh, Stella's plug for Bagger Oracle, when Stella was uh, complaining about Alicia marrying Joe, and Joe's kind of this airhead who doesn't really do anything useful, and Stella kind of complains that, I, I, the way she's talking about the way I think, like, you guys are both talking about it, is that, like, I don't know if it's a problem necessarily with the writing, but they're writing the character to be fairly dim-witted, and that can come off as, as, a, as a neglect of the writing, but it may not. It may be completely intentional. I mean, and then someone could write into the show saying, "Well, there, you know, there's girls like this in real life, you know." Which they I don't really want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Miss Kringle has some issues because of how she grew up or something. Well, there's a whole. I, I remember talking about this on Crossface. There's this whole like you know concept of like girls like the bad boy, and that's not untrue. But there are ways to do that which are. Which are a bit more believable. I think I think it was a, a, a bitchy part to have him say, "I'm glad he's dead," and for her to like ultimately oh, let that go. That that was the cold shower that that scene needed. Because I think I think honestly honestly if he just said I avoid I hear voices in my head and like she kissed him, I don't think I would I would have batted an eye at that. But because that was compounded with, "I'm glad your douchebag boyfriend is now dead and buried." Mwahaha. Well, like well, well, while I make fun of that and everything, I thought that like it was a. Uh... It was an interesting thing to do with that scene, truly, honestly. Yeah, mess up his happiness, like, right away. Well, yeah, he, he, he's the Riddler, and then, like, 
<laughs> give us another reason to think that Kringo. Well, she already like suspected that like he did something with the goodbye note, which even brings up like, huh? I can't believe I thought you did something with that goodbye note. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Why would I do that? It's not like I would become the Riddler or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I gotta say that like you know, besides all that, and the again, again, I mean, I swear to God, they're using the same sets from Batman Forever. I did like the scene because. You they, they, hate they, your bus and your car, <laughs> but in your that. dreams you can blow no, his head off. Live and, on Mars and have it your. Uh, anyways, um, I like that scene because they've they've reround they they you know they've 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 been doing this like subplot, like no joke like twenty times. Uh, and it's been like very, very slow moving. So like, I'm glad that like fairly early on season. You two, famously like rage quitted to me over text message when like you saw like a Miss Kringle uh, Edward Nigma scene uh, at the end of season one during like the Ogre Saga. You're like again with this? Well, I, I, you, I, you didn't like say you're wrong, Don, because they they are doing that. Like like is you know you know we joke about you know Harvey Bullock's short term memory and Maroney's short term memory and like other stuff. But this, like, <laughs> the, the, the short term memory in Gotham. But this has legitimately been like a wash, rest, repeat. Like you know, he he works with the courage to like do something nice to her. She rebuffs him because he's you know him, and like he you know he has this little personal nerd freakout. And then this this season has been peppered with a new spice of uh, secret personality because he's two faced. You see, and I'm glad that like you know there's there's four. We have Harvey Dent on the show. Thing. He signed on as a regular this season, and he's shown up exactly zero out of uh, the four episodes. I hope he's been recast. What? Uh, quite honestly, oh, I really, I, no, I, I'm not kidding. I really <laughs> Billy D. Williams, <laughs> finally, at last, I had my chance to play Two Face. Take that, Tommy Lee. Well, well his, his first episode with his like, you know, like, don't mess with me. Like that was pathetic. But <laughs> I digress. Um, my my thing is like, 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 like we've been kind of mainly dogging on this on the scene. I like the scene ultimately because I think that like, yeah, me too. It's one of the more. I mostly dog more... on Miss Kringle's choices, but like the scene, the way it was structured and everything, and like. Leaving you on the edge of your seat and making you like be like no Nigma and no Kringle. It's well, it's mostly one of the more interesting subplots because it's emotionally driven and not like you know we must do this to do this kind of stuff that Gordon and Penguin are always doing. So like it's 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 a more immediately it's easier to invest my interest in I think and I and I'm interested to see where it goes up to and including her eventual uh, fridging. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't want that to happen. I don't necessarily want to see her die, but like, I just don't see. Uh, I, again, I, I, in terms of the writing, I, I have little confidence in certain things with the show. When it comes to certain things, I will say that like, I did not like the whole scene where Penguin goes in to, to butcher the mayoral candidate, and she's like, "Please, I have a mother. I have a mother too." <laughs> well, you know, Bush is coming in outside with with the wisecracks. I thought that was goofy and quite honestly, not. Pleasant. I, he you know, walked I, I with a limp. A limp, you say? <sighs> no idea. <laughs> Police are baffled. <laughs> um, but that's best been my, my yeah. thoughts over this episode. That was Strike Force. Next week's episode is called Satisfaction. Galavan and Penguin join forces with a deadly, oh, with a dangerous family in Gotham. Then, as the rabble between the Waynes and the Galahans resurfaces. Gordon struggles to maintain order in the city and the all-new rise of the villain's satisfaction. Yeah, I gotta say that tells us nothing. I, I miss when they would give us fastless in these because I would always look at the guests and I'd be like, oh, this is showing up again, or this one is, or something. What does scarfishing mean? 
What does what mean? The title of the episode is called Scarification. No, no, Scarification. Oh my God, I, I thought it was called Satisfaction. Scarification. I've never heard that word. Scarification. Whoops. <laughs> well, well, listeners, I know okay, I called this Google Satisfaction. Sc- Google like Scarification and see what comes up immediately. Do it right now. Okay, yeah. then. Um, I, I see, like, tattoos. Scarred into your body. Like, yeah. uh, as maybe, Mr. Zass. Maybe it's a Zass origin episode. <laughs> exactly. We're, uh, actually, his origin is Zazzer. For as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a good feather. <laughs> well done. Um, so do we have anything to say about the promo or anything? Um, you know, I didn't actually see the... Actually, I didn't see the promo. Give me one second. <laughs> I know who's boss now. Rocket launcher. Welcome to Gotham, Cap. Bad guys in this territory are not playing by the old rules. This is war. Firefly. Stop to them before they burn down the whole city. Gotham will be redeemed in blood. You'll have whatever you need. You have the Wayne boy. Soon. What the hell? Gotham, followed by Minority Report. All new next Monday on. Okay, Fox. so we're gonna talk about that. Firefly, right? Is that Firefly? Or Firefly's dad, if they're going to pull that stuff. Well, actually, like he's legitimately in costume, so like I don't know. Um, That's interesting. I learned what scarification means. Um, That that was extremely vague. Like, like you have the Wayne boy. He will, (laughs) he will join us or die. We got Death Star. We got Death Star. We got Death. It's the same thing. Like, like the the guy's dressed like the Emperor in that scene. So, so I don't know. that's our thoughts on next week, and we promised that we'd read some of your comments on our. We lied. Um, Good night, everybody. On the on the Batman universe, but we're okay. So first, uh, talking about last week's. Oh wait, I'm on last. Wait, that was episode three, right? We're talking about, yeah, yeah, the episode three talkback. Okay, so Derek says to us, I thought it was a good episode. Killing Jerome so early was a mistake, in my opinion. It should have been a mid-season finale type of thing. Um, I think that we would have been overloaded on Jerome before then, but best episode for me had to be Knock Knock, followed up by Penguin's Umbrella. This episode would probably be three or four in my top five. I've been enjoying this podcast since the season, and look forward to it every week. Keep it Thanks, Derek. Any thoughts on what you said? Um... About killing Jerome later on. Well, on the one hand, I'm wondering if the whole Jerome thing was just like an idea to kind of carry them through into the season. On the other hand, uh, he was played fast and furious, and he would have got he would have won out his welcome sooner rather than later. So, in terms of like the character himself being, I have a lot of thoughts that, that I said in that episode, but like I don't I don't really mind that he that that the character isn't around now so early in the season. And then Dave Z, who I wonder if it's David Zamora from our Facebook. Oh, yeah. I never thought of the Mask of the Phantasm scene as being anything other than the Joker threatening Andrea. It takes place in her apartment, and he says Boopsy, not Brucey. A twist on the ending, I thought, would be to have the actual future Joker on the show, and when Jerome is mentioned, he just goes, Who? That would be annoying. Because, because that, that would have like the entire episode was a waste of time. But what's the alternative? Uh, either doing what they did or writing it differently. And then Michael Ridge, um, you know, who... <laughs> I was wondering, like, when I saw he posted, I was like, okay, is he going to say anything about uh, that whole uh, thing last week? Because I was like, I don't want to make it sound like we were too hard on him last week, because I do appreciate him writing in. But I was like, oh, I hope he's not not cross with us for, you know, like, talking about the whole, like, pros and cons of that and the female thing. But all he has to say is, good job, Don and Josh. You kept up the energy, even if you were recording late at night. So we appreciate that, Michael. Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate your continued patronage. And if you want to continue your patronage, then um, tune in next week when we talk about 
Scarification. Until then, this is Josh. And this is Donovan. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. We're getting. I don't think we can do this podcast anymore. We're, we're too high. <laughs> um, <laughs> listeners, what should Michael Chiklis's character's name be? Write in at the Batman. At pod. Uh, yeah, well, let's do it. At podcast, podcast at the BatmanUniverse.net. You know, so that Dustin gets these emails like, okay, why did I get 300 emails about the name of Michael Chiklis's character? Try. I have lots of emails to go through every day. I don't need emails saying, hey, Dustin, you know, let's name him this, 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 or that. You know, like, okay, we have no control over the names. You guys have a job, which is to cover the show, and that doesn't include baby names or, like, whatever the newest celebrity why, trend is. Why is he never satisfied with this? <laughs> we, 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 we've been on this website the longest. He never loves us. <laughs> he loves Stella more than us. We introduced <laughs> We introduced him. <laughs> and then Ben McKenzie, like, gobbled and then, and, then, uh, and then his next message, you gotta cut this out and put this in bloopers, like, his next message is, Gordon, this is you calling yourself to remind you that you have to go all the way back to GCBD because you forgot the files for the Bruce Wayne meeting. <laughs> what, is, what does she say in the movie? She's like, oh, crumbs, or... No, it's, oh, you stupid corn dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Like... We're not, I mean, that was, that was, that was you know, an artificial Batman Returns reference, but, like, we, we had to announce at some point, this is still in the movie, we had to announce at some point the whole Penguin Father PBU thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably do that towards the end, because I forgot to, I forgot to read the comment section uh, before we cover the episode, so I'll do that at the end when we do the promo, and then we can talk about uh, Paul Rubens. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so okay, okay so, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about, uh, <laughs> we're talking about Michael Jones' name. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no, we were talking about Bullock. That's what we were doing. This, this is all connected to this brick of ice. This ice will melt in five minutes. Do the math. <laughs> I remember saying... It's another Simpsons reference, but it's one of their sauce booth, and it's just like, and, and now we're going to play a game called Fun with Fire Ants. Fire Ants aren't fun! Oh, I get it. You were being sarcastic. Way to go. You're the smartest person in that room. Really? That oh, you're being sarcastic again, aren't you? My favorite put down in that variety is from SpongeBob or uh, uh, Plankton. <laughs> like, like it was Sponge, it's like the first Plankton episode where SpongeBob was like, "Hey, you're gonna you know seal the sauce or whatever." He's like, "Gee, you know, some I thought you were stupid." <laughs> that was like the meanest thing a cartoon character's ever said. <laughs> but I digress. Steal the sauce, you fool! It's the Krabby Patty formula. <laughs> it's, it's been a few years since I've seen SpongeBob, and that'll that'll, that'll be cut out as well. Yeah, she'll be back. <laughs> she takes the train out of. <laughs> Do you hear the train? Yeah. <laughs> okay.